your hour of drive time be- 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 begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good day, everyone, and welcome once again to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. This is Jay Mamie, and you have now entered your hour of Thrive Time. I want you to know if you're joining our show today for the very first time, thank you for making this a part of your activity. You're going to ask yourself, where has Jay Mamie been? Where has this show been my whole life? This is the kind of content that I have been seeking and searching for that can give me the right nutritional thoughts and action-stoking information to help me get to the next level, whether it's in business or in finance or in family or in personal development um, or in any ways that you feel you need a little push, a little edge, something that's going to help you develop the next best version of you. That's what this show is about. That's the content that we keep delivering week to week. So make sure that you make this a part of your weekly calendar If you are a thrive-minded individual, and I believe that you are because you're here on this program listening to it today, and thank you for being a part of it. And for those of you that are returning listeners, thank you for continuing to make the show a fantastic success. In fact, if you've not had a chance to check out my prior episodes, you can go to your favorite podcast platform and catch the rebroadcast there Or simply go to my show site, thejmamietalkshow.com. You'll find links to all of my prior episodes. We're coming up on our third year anniversary in just a few months here. And I'm excited about what this next season is going to bring in terms of programming content for you, for you Thrive Minders out there. But also have a chance to go over to my regular site, thejmamie.com. There you'll pick up all of my other goodies, my books, my vlogs, all of my speaking engagements and ways to reach me. If you are interested in having me come and share a little bit of my thrive-minded wisdom to your group or organization, you can reach me through that channel as well. We started 2023 with a theme that I felt was so important and timely, and it was a theme that was going to highlight women, women empowering women, and create content around that concept. And boy, I'll tell you what, we've knocked it out of the park in this month of of January. We've had some incredible people. And again, go back to the library. You'll be able to catch who these individuals are and and the powerful messages that they've developed uh, for women that are looking to thrive this year and have breakthrough this year. And today's show is going to be no different. We're going to finish off this month with, I believe, are two dynamic individuals that are going to bring incredible content. And let me share with you one of them who I am really interested in. I'm fascinated by this young lady and what she's uh, currently doing. She's a fast rising star in the world of entrepreneurial uh, uh, expression and and certainly in the world that she's in, in the industry, the food industry that she's in. She's a young lady from Canada and she's taken that whole world by storm up there. Erica Rankin is not only the founder and CEO of Brodo, but is very difficult and very challenging and you'll have a hard time not finding enough content about her on social media today because she is just blowing up as she should be as a young female entrepreneur who's got a great story of inspiration. She's going to be with us today to share that incredible journey that she's on right now, and she's only just begun. But on the heels of that, we have an individual that is championing the cause through her organization of single parenthood, of single moms. And and I want to share with you that that's something that's near and dear to me. So Stacy Martin, who is the founder of single parent advocate who's doing amazing work 
for single moms. She's going to be here to share not only her heart, the initiatives of this organization, how she is empowering other women who are currently uh, experiencing single parenthood, and how to thrive in life even if you have challenges or odds against you. How do you do that? especially as a single parent. So we've got a loaded up show today, folks, that is going to give you value. And uh, I can't think of a better way to finish off our month than with these two dynamic guests. And before we finish off and we go to the break here and introduce our, our first guest, I want you to know that as we continue to deliver content that is worthwhile in terms of where you can cherry pick some of the things that we are discussing, and we discuss a broad array of topics here that you make sure that you implement some of the knowledge that we're sharing. And I say that as, as we finish off this segment to, to say many of you have reached out to me and have asked me questions, great questions that we had a segment recently about uh, listener questions. And we're going to have that coming up now in the next month. But many of you have asked me questions that I know are important to you, but I want to give you Caution, I want to share with you wisdom. Knowledge is only as good as the apply the application of it. It doesn't matter how much you learn until you begin to implement the very thing that you're learning. If day-to-day you're not learning, number one, and implementing, number two, then you will find that you are further down the line in time, but no smarter, no better. You're not improved. You've, you've not moved the thrive-minded needle uh, at all, and that's not because you've not heard great content. It's because you've not applied great content. So let me encourage my listeners, as you are listening to this program week to week, I want to encourage you, walk away uh, from every program with something that you can implement in your life immediately And when you look back 12 months later, you're not going to recognize who you are because the improvements have been so dramatic and drastic that you have forgotten the starting point, but you're going to love who you become at the finish line. Folks, fantastic show coming up. We'll be right back after the break. Friends, this is Jay Mamie, and I'm thrilled to announce that our merchandise site is now open for business just in time for the holidays. My inspirational quotes, encouragement words, and thought-provoking phrases can be printed on a number of very cool items to help you stay in thriving mode. Make sure to visit my website, thejmamie.com. Look for the store link. Check out the items. Once again, that'll be at thejmamie.com. Are your sales lagging? Are you frustrated with your ability to effectively communicate the goodness of your product or service? Could your income greatly benefit from you getting better at selling? Hi, this is Jay Mamie, the host of the Jay Mamie Talk Show and the curator of the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. I want you to know that there are answers on how you can get better at the skill of selling. Go to my course, the Thrive Sales Mastery Course. Get the answers you need so you can experience the results you want. ThriveSalesMastery.com Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I'm excited about our guest coming all the way from Canada. Folks, we bring people on this program from four corners of the world if they have the value that I think could help you thrive in your life. And today is no different. Calling me from Canada is, as I mentioned earlier, one of the fastest rising female entrepreneurs in Canada, but soon to be globally because of her not only vision 
and her ability to see opportunity, but her energy and enthusiasm is quite infectious. I had a chance to to get to know Erica Rankin uh, not too long ago because she's a social media influencer and she was posting all sorts of stuff. And I believe sometimes you find yourself at the right place at the right time for the right reasons. And I was there at home and seven o'clock in the morning and I usually don't hop on LinkedIn that early in the morning. But I hopped on it and all of a sudden I saw her post and I thought to myself, what an interesting story. It fits right along our theme of uh, the month of January, Women Empowering Women. And as I had a chance to dig a little bit deeper, I thought to myself, this is the kind of person whose story can inspire our listeners, especially running a theme of Women Empowering Women. So the founder and CEO of one of the fastest growing food companies, Brodo, is on the line with us right now from Canada. Erica Rankin, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thanks for having me, Jay. What an intro. <laughs> yes, yes. right. Well, well-deserved, you know, well-deserved. You and I had a chance to chat recently, and as I said to you when we spoke, you, you've you got all the, the goodies, you've got the right mindset for success, and uh, so kudos to you for being who you are. That That's how you get on this show, so it's, it's an honor to have you. But before we dive into all of the goodness we're going to cover over the next uh, segment or two, I'd like for you to share a little bit about your your story uh, with our audience, and then we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, my name is Erica. I'm based out of Toronto in Canada, and I'm the founder and chief everything officer of Brodo, which is basically a healthier version of a nostalgic treat, cookie dough, added protein, less sugar, cleaner ingredients, a safer, better way to indulge in that treat we all grew up eating. Um, you're not supposed to eat it usually. So, that's what I do now. Um, previously, back in 2017, I graduated from um, university. I got a BA in psychology, and I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist. Um, and I was going down that route, and I started working in my field um, in a research department at a university. And I was very unhappy with my job. And after about a year doing that, I decided to quit. I booked a one-way trip to Thailand. I went backpacking through Southeast Asia for about three months. And on that trip, I met entrepreneurs. And I got so inspired. When I got home, I Googled business workshop near me. And yeah, later that year, I decided to launch Brodo. So let me ask you this. Your your initial start came out of frustration, right? You just decided that where you were, you were not happy about it. Um and you decided to do something. Why did you decide that something to be traveling to to Malaysia and to all the different countries that you went to? You could have gone anywhere. You could have gone to the U.S. Why there? I think for me personally, I grew up in a very small town of 25,000 people, and I really never saw outside of the town, and I grew up very privileged. So I kind of wanted to immerse myself um, in a different culture and just, you know, uh, experience gratitude because I've never really, I've never been to a third world country before. And it's something that I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to do it alone. I'd never traveled alone. So off I went. Now, did you get any concern or slack from friends, parents <laughs> as uh, for this decision to travel abroad by yourself? Yes, uh, my parents were very worried about me mm-hmm. um, when I told them what I was doing. But I explained why, because I was really, like, I was living at home. I felt very lost. Um, and, you know, every 20 something year old has kind of like an existential crisis and does things yes. to try to find themselves. And That's right. this just happened to be my thing. Um, mm-hmm. And it actually it worked for me. So. Um, when I got back, I think they were really, they were happy that I was okay. Um, but I think they, they understood that 
me to do that. Now, do you feel that that experience, three months, made you a, uh, a different person? What personality traits did you see evolve as a result of that? Man, yeah, it honestly changed so much for me because I grew up, like, I, I have trust issues, or I had trust issues. Um, you know, being in a small town, I had a lot of falling out with different friends. Um, and I, did, I kind of painted people with the same brush because I never really met different types of people. And going on that trip, I met so many different types of people who were doing incredible things and were like-minded. And um, I felt like I could connect with people for once. So um, I became more extroverted. I started to learn more about myself and what I wanted for myself. And mm. I didn't want to go home and work for someone else. So um, yeah, I guess just meeting new people and learning new things kind of helped me figure out who I am and what I want to do. And that, there's a great lesson in that because there are so many people that they are experiencing the same thing, right? Maybe they're introvert. Maybe they lack uh, uh, this, this ability to trust others very, very, very quickly, but they never make bold decisions. They never take bold steps to have breakthrough. And certainly, Again, going to another uh, another country, coming from a small little town, that was a bold step, but the results have been fantastic because it distracted from you someone that has a lot more courage and a lot um, a lot more talent, a lot more a vision than I think would have not been extracted if you would have stayed home. So it takes bold steps, and that was certainly a bold step. But here you come back, right? And what most people don't understand at least if they uh, if they don't know you, is you graduated in 2018, as you said. 2019 is when you decided to launch this this business. Um, so that's not far removed, sir. You're in your 27, 28 years old. You're not someone who's 48 years old who has tremendous years of business experience. You're a young person making some things happen, whereas most people that your age are still trying to figure out somebody to give them a paycheck. You're building your own company, which takes courage in and of itself. But that being said, you come home not really growing up in any real environment, uh, entrepreneurial environment, right? You, I, you and I got a chance to chat. Your mom and dad work. Uh, not a whole lot of exposure to outside entrepreneurialism. Where did you find the courage or the faith to take that giant leap from being an employee to an entrepreneur? And was it daunting? I think what was more daunting to me was the thought of going back to a regular job and working for someone because I was so deeply unfulfilled and I know what I bring to the mm. table. I think I can add a lot of value. And I almost felt tricked when I was working my nine to five job that required a post-secondary degree. I was, you know, doing stuff that a kid could do. Like I was scanning documents. I was filing stuff. I was answering phones. Like I really didn't need a degree for that. I also wasn't getting paid a lot of money. So I thought, okay, well, I could go back to that or go back to school and spend like whole, my whole life paying off student debt, you know, so, so there's that, or like I could try my own thing. And if it doesn't work, then at least I learned a crap ton along the way. So, mm -hmm. um, I decided to go that route and it was a little scary, but it was exciting at the same time because, you know, it's the unknown. You don't really know what you're getting into. So there was a bit of naiveness there for sure. Healthy naiveness. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, when I was a, yeah. uh, I, I can relate to that a whole lot. As many entrepreneurs can relate to this story, there's certain, there seems to be a, a common uh, narrative that runs through every entrepreneur's history, and this is one of them. You're deeply unfulfilled and you're frustrated. Um, and the the other component of what you experienced is what I experienced. When I left 
my job as a social worker. I used to work for New York State. I was a social worker. I knew what the next 20 years were going to look like because all I had to do was look at everybody else who's been there for 20 years, and I knew exactly that's what I was going to look like 20, 25 years from now had I stayed there. So when I tried this entrepreneurial existence, for me, the daunting, as you just said, what was daunting for me was I'm not going back to that job. I'll do whatever I've got to do. It doesn't matter to me because I'm not failing at this. I'm not going back. And just this whole this whole fear of going back to what I didn't like in the beginning is what motivated me to keep going far more than failing at that new business I was trying. And I'm sure you probably felt the same way. Yeah, exactly. I felt exactly the same way. How did you handle the early naysayers? Because I'm sure there were plenty. You know what? I packed my stuff up and I moved six hours away. (laughs) (laughs) So you physically removed yourself. Yeah, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's know? right. That's right. That's brilliant. That's right. Just physically remove <laughs> yourself. That's fantastic. Now, how did that make an impact considering you removed yourself from the negativity that could have sucked you into a bad place? Uh, certainly not the right mindset. I think for me, um, like, I, I love my friends and still, I still talk to them, but we were just very different. Uh-huh. Um, and same with my parents, like, they, they love and support me now, but at first when I told them what I was doing, like my dad had paid for my education and he thought, okay, like I paid for your, your education and now you're going to build a cookie dough company? Like what? That does not make any sense to me. He could not <laughs> comprehend what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So as much as I wanted him to support me and believe in me, he did, you know, there was like a, a little bit of doubt there. Um, so I just, I wanted to be in a new city, meet new people, um, surround myself with like-minded people and that's what I did and it made a huge difference for sure. You know, there's, there's wisdom in that. Sometimes I think people don't recognize that the simplest solution is just to remove yourself from anyone or anything that's negative that can hold you back. And that may be a simple solution, uh, but it's not an easy solution. And that's why most people never succeed. They don't have the courage or really the, the stamina to break away from something that is toxic uh, because either it's, it's a relationship or it's a familiarity or something they're comfortable with. But success sometimes requires you to be uncomfortable and make decisions that are going to put you further away from those that you love just because they don't, they're not supporting you. And you did that. So that's another ingredient for our listeners who were thinking, how do I make success? How do I become successful? There is one that has nothing to do with business operations, with infrastructure, simply is moving away from any negativity so you can give yourself a, the greater probability of success. So kudos to you on that. But how did you prepare? Now you realize you're you're going to be in business, right? You're moving from employee to entrepreneur. You got this great new idea. You, you, you're moved away. How did you ultimately prepare in our last couple of minutes here? We'll pick it up after the break. For the realization that building a business, um, it's going to come with some challenges. And sometimes there are financial challenges early on. And here you are, 27 years old or 26 years old. Uh, how did you prepare for that? I honestly didn't really. I uh, <laughs> I took a bunch of workshops. Like the first thing I did when I got home from my trip, I Googled business workshop near me and I just drove and I took these classes. Like I learned how to manage cash flow, write a business plan, um, do all those things. And I sat on my business for so long. Like I think that was in March or April I took those workshops and then I launched it in December because I was just, I didn't feel ready. Um, I was ready to go probably in September, but I just sat on it for a few months and I was like, I don't feel ready. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I just bit the bullet and launched it. And then, yeah, Google and YouTube were my best friends. And 
I just did things that worked for me and learned along the way. You were resourceful, right? You were resourceful. Yeah, I I shared with my son uh, yesterday, uh, he's got a young entrepreneurial mind, and he's seen dad grow up to be an entrepreneur. He's only 13 years old, so all he's known is dad as an entrepreneur. And he says to me, Dad, what, what is the, uh, what's the differentiation, uh, what's the difference between people that make it and people that don't as entrepreneurs? He says resourcefulness. Some are more resourceful than others. That's one of the ingredients. It's not the only one, but that's a big one. When we come back after the break, I, I want to ask you, when you started realizing that you were onto something, people started buying your Brodo, right? I wanted to find out when did you first realize that you were onto something and then what were some of the emotions you started to feel as you started to see that, hey, this is becoming a probable, uh, this has great probability of being successful. I want to dive into that question when we get back after the break. For 15 years, Rich Result has helped companies build dynamic and diverse teams with custom talent searches, providing experienced candidates to fill the critical roles that growing organizations and nonprofits need to thrive. Why choose them? Well, for one, 95% fill rate, and they provide a behavioral assessment for candidates. To learn more about Rich Results, track them down at richresults.com. That's R-I-S-C-H results.com. Don't have the time, money, or talent to grow your business? Call Evergreen Sales Group. Evergreen Sales Group is a fractional sales management firm built to help small business owners to have the benefits of Fortune 1000 companies for one-sixth the cost. They focus on sales so you can focus on your business. Go to evergreensales.group for a free, well-set, motivational assessment for your team. $200 value. www.evergreensales.group. If you know your way around Adobe Creative Suite and can work across platforms like web, print, social, and media, we've got the job for you. Cumulus Media Dallas is searching for a digital creative graphics director. And if you can manage projects along with a three-person department, juggle priorities, and think conceptually, then apply today at cumulusmedia.com careers. If running our digital department is up your alley, the full list of qualifications and benefits is online at cumulusmedia.com careers. That's cumulusmedia.com careers. An equal opportunity employer. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I love Navage. I've told you about how your nose is the body's air filter, that Navage's powered suction will help flush out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, and that Navage will help you breathe better. But what do other people say about Navage? Like Tara, quote, My doctor wanted me to do saline rinses for my allergies, but I've never been able to successfully use a neti pot. Navage uses suction power, so it's foolproof. There are nights when I'll have particularly bothersome allergies. I'll bust it out, and the results are immediate. It's such a relief. It's become a lifesaver. Unquote. She's one of over 100,000 online reviews praising Navage, the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million people to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host, Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Having a fantastic conversation with the CEO and founder of Brodo, Erica Rankin. And we're just diving into some nuggets of wisdom here 
that can be applied to anyone looking to launch a business or be inspired by someone else who has taken broad leaps of faith uh, to pursue their passion. When we left off in the last segment, Erica, I was asking you that, I was asking you rather, when you first started realizing you were onto something, uh, when did that actually occur that you realized, hey, this is not a fluke? And then what emotions started to to surface as you realized, hey, my dreams could be coming true? Probably when I started selling out of inventory. Um, the first few months were really hard because, you know, I published my website and I was waiting for orders to come in. And I did have some, but they were from like family and friends. So I didn't really think it counted. Mm-hmm. Um, it did count, but not the same way. Right. And then when I had people who didn't even know me and they were buying the products because they wanted to, um, that was the moment that I realized, okay, people actually want this. I don't know me and they, they want the product and they're going to eat the product. And then they became returning customers. And then, um, Blowing up on TikTok, um, I woke up one morning and I think I had within the span of 48 hours, like 150 orders. Wow. Um, which was, yeah, a crazy moment. And I thought my Shopify like like uh, notification was broken because it kept going, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And then I realized <laughs> what had happened. A, a video had blown up. Um, and then, yeah, I was scrambling and it got to the point where um, it just outgrew and I had to find a manufacturer last year. So, yeah, it's a cool feeling for sure. Now, you shared with me that you were doing all the work yourself early on. You ordered, uh, rather, you rented out a, an industrial kitchen. You did all of the prep, all of the packaging, all of the mailing. Early on, it was just you. It was. Um, I was a one-woman show for a while, and I had a freezer in my living room where I stored the product. And then I would wake up early in the morning and pick and pack orders and bring them to FedEx in my little wagon, and then they would ship them out for me. <laughs> So when you got to that point where you realize, okay, this is going beyond my capabilities to uh, to to do fulfillment, to just not only handle every aspect of this operation, but I need to still get out there and market and and bring in new new uh, clients. Um, what did you decide to do at that point? Yeah, I guess when I realized that it was growing, um, I needed help. Um, Like, I've never built a business before, so I started going on LinkedIn. I started reaching out to people. Um, I brought on mentors and advisors who kind of helped me with, like, what I needed, who I needed, what my next steps were, um, and just figured out, like, how to automate, eliminate, and delegate things, Mm. I guess, so to speak. Automate, delegate, and eliminate. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's right. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I want to tap uh, a little bit into the the wisdom of leveraging LinkedIn. You said something just now, and you and I spoke about it, and I think it's something that many people do not do. Again, they're not resourceful enough in order to achieve that next level of success. You knew that there were enough people on LinkedIn with the experience that you didn't have and the wisdom that you didn't have that you could tap root. Share a little bit of that and, and what happened when you began to reach out to some of those on LinkedIn. It was the coolest and most scary thing for me because I'm someone who I, I'm getting better, but I used to have a lot of pride and ego and I hated asking people for help. Like I always wanted to do things myself. So mm-hmm. I couldn't grow the business anymore. So I went on LinkedIn and I actually looked in my pantry and I'm like, okay, what products do I eat? And I love, let's look up their founders. Let's look up who's on their team and connect with them. So I started doing just that and then um, started supporting them, commenting on their stuff, and then reaching out to them. 
and telling them my situation, how I love their product, I love what they're doing, um, and if they would be willing to get on a call with me and provide some mentorship. And um, a lot of them were very responsive to that. Um, one person that I've followed for a long time, Susie York, like I'll plug her. She has she has good facts and she's launching a new product. She actually got on a call with me um, in between meetings in the car and was like, sure, text me. And she gave me her phone number, which I thought was crazy because this is someone who I highly look up to and I have her product in my pantry regularly. So um, I think founders and like the space and even entrepreneurs, like we understand how hard it is and we want to give back because we were once in that position. So it's this big cycle of giving back. And now I'm not afraid to ask for help when I need it. You know, you said something that I think a lot of people could resonate with if they're not delusional. And I think oftentimes the reason why people fail in many things in life, whether it's entrepreneurial uh, efforts or not, it's they're delusional. Um, delusional meaning that they think they're okay, they're doing fine, they don't need any help, they've got it all together, um, I'm, I'm doing fine, and, and that's just really a matter of pride and ego. And one of the things I've always shared with individuals, regardless of whether or not it's success in business, I mean, any part of any part of life where you're trying to, to, to just get to the next best version of you, if you uh, let pride get in the way, and for me, pride, and this is on one of my websites, pride for me stands for practicing routine ignorance delays excellence. That's pride. And if you're not willing to go out and put that aside and seek the help, you're always going to stay stuck. And you found out um, that by putting away pride and ego, look at the wealth of wisdom that you've inherited and all the great relationships you've developed that has helped play a major role in the success of Brodo now. But but what do you say to those that were not uh, that that are that are at a place where you were not too long ago, right? Again, five years ago, you were frustrated with work, feeling stuck, knowing you were meant for more. What do you say to those individuals that are there right now? I guess like what what makes you happy? Um, like for me, like I sat down with a pen and paper by myself, no music, no distractions. And I just wrote down all the things that I love and make me happy and how I can turn that into a business. How can you add value? Mm -hmm. um, and life is so short. Like for me, like when I was working my desk, I was the youngest person um, at this uh, research center. And I looked around and everyone was not very happy <laughs> to say the least. And I, I wanted more. I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be unhappy. I want to, contribute more. I feel like I have a lot more to offer. Um, and I think like there's so much that lies on the other side. It's very comfortable when you're getting paid a salary and you're working a job and you're familiar with it, but there's so much more on the other side. And then rather than having a mediocre job and experiencing the four out of 10, five out of 10, six out of 10, you could be experiencing the 10 out of 10. Um, if you're just going after something that truly brings you joy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you hit the nail on the head. You have to find what makes you happy. And, and what you found makes you happy is eating dough, cookie dough, <laughs> right? But here's what's interesting. You found something that you are passionate about and turned it into something you can profit. And there's, there's a lot of gold in that statement where most people who want to become entrepreneurs, they want their own business. Sometimes they end up starting a business that doesn't serve them because it's not really their passion. They're just doing it because maybe there's profit and that's okay, but it doesn't mean at the end of the day, you'll be happy because you're still doing something you're not passionate about. The best way to succeed in any business is find something that you are passionate about. Even if it is, I like cookie dough, uh, and then make it something that becomes profitable because you never feel like you're working a day in your life. 
Would you say that's accurate? Absolutely, for sure. And it makes, like, when you love what you're doing, like, there's going to be lots of hard days. It's going to push you through those hard days. If you're not seeing the monetary payoff right away, mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard if you're not loving what you're doing, right? That's right. And speaking about those hard days, you learned through the hard days. So let me ask you, personally, what discoveries did you learn about yourself? You know, speaking about the hard days and hard times and good times, too. Let's not just talk about bad times uh, because it's an up and down experience at times. Uh, But what did you discover about yourself that you've learned so far about yourself, about business in general, about the importance of having a strategy? What have you learned? I think the key takeaway for me is that you can't grow your business if you don't grow yourself. Mm. Um, Like I'm very introverted at heart. I never used to like getting my picture taken. I never wanted to be seen or heard and I couldn't grow a business like that. So I had to completely transform who I was as a person Um, and even networking too. Like that's a huge piece of business and that's something that was very uncomfortable for me, but I had to do it and now I've just grown to love it. So continuing to step into things that make me uncomfortable, I would say. Well, you've done a good job because you've got quite the TikTok channel. You're right. You've got 56,000 followers and growing uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you're posting video and content and pictures. So you certainly have gotten past that point. And I totally agree with you. You can't grow your business without growing yourself. Brilliant, brilliant point, Erica. Um, spoken like a true mature entrepreneur. You see that? Things are coming along. Uh, so someone inspired by your story, for someone who's inspired by your story, as a young female business owner, what can you share with them as critical lessons to learn or the landmines to avoid or, or success tips to copy? What can you share with someone that is a young female, hopeful, inspiring entrepreneur? Trust your gut. Um, that's something that I've learned. Like I, I really go off of gut feelings and just surround yourself with other female entrepreneurs, like try to join a community or um, yeah, join a group where there's other female founders who you can relate to and talk to and connect with. I think that's really important. And it's, you know, we're, we're more powerful when we support one another. So um, that's been a huge help of mine as well. Just having other women, you know, help me when I need them and vice versa. Now, what do you personally do to continue to encourage yourself uh, with regards to surrounding yourself with other uh, like-minded entrepreneurs? Is there anything specifically that you do to keep yourself encouraged and inspired? Yeah, like I, I, you know, like social media, LinkedIn especially, um, I have people reach out who are also founders. And I think it's just taking some time to build out relationships with you know, um, familiar people, familiar faces, but also new faces, um, and then creating these groups. And like, I've joined a huddle where we have like a call every Wednesday and, you know, like, like problem solving and joining Mm. masterminds, um, and just like networking, putting yourself out there. Right. You know, there's a lot to be said for don't stay isolated. I think one of the challenges that entrepreneurs, uh, which is almost like impossible if you're an entrepreneur or entrepreneurially minded or or building your own business you cannot stay isolated you have to get out there and network and meet people but you'd be surprised there's individuals that try to build this entrepreneurial life and uh, yet they still stay stuck in this place of isolation or they have social anxiety and you cannot uh 
deal with you you cannot allow yourself to find yourself in a place where you become anxious around others if you're building a business you have to break through that and that means getting around folks and experiencing something that might be uncomfortable if you really are serious about having success speaking about that you're heading out here to meet some people out here meaning the u.s you're coming to, to texas in a couple of weeks for business purposes, what are your future plans now that you're working on Brodo? I discovered from you that you're looking to expand distribution in the U.S., right? Distribution pretty much predominantly right now, I believe, is in Canada. Um, and you're distributing now early distribution plans for U.S. Elaborate a little bit more on that if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the end goal, like I want Brodo to be a household name. I want it to be recognized and, you know, um, in the hands of, North Americans, I guess, as I expand out your way. Um, but yeah, we partnered with a manufacturer in Texas, um, and we're going to be launching a new product that's going to be available across the USA um, come springtime, and then just continue to build out retail in Canada, and then look at expanding into retail in the US as well down the line. Now, you've got ideas for additional products that is apart from the cookie dough. You want to share anything like that? Yeah, so I guess we're launching cookies. Cookies, (laughs) there you go. Well, that makes sense. Um, Cookie dough cookies. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, I found like a lot of times like people people love cookie dough, but people also really like cookies. Sometimes people who like cookies don't necessarily like cookie dough, so you kind of get the best of both worlds. You know, you hit the nail on the head. I like cookies, but I don't particularly like cookie dough so much. So you would be speaking my tune if you made the cookies. And I'm plant-based, so I love the fact that it's healthy. Uh, you've got some good ingredients in, in the dough, which is obviously going to transform into a cookie. So you've got me as a customer as a cookie. In our last minute, you've got a message that you want to continue to deliver to people. You and I spoke about writing a book. You and I spoke about you also hitting the speaking circuit to inspire others. What would be your message as a speaker in our last minute that can maybe even launch your speaking career right from this program? Yeah, I guess my message is, um, I don't know, personal excellence is something that I prioritize. And I think just showing up as best as you can in your own life um, can show others how they can show up for themselves. And Ed Milet, he's someone that I follow, and he says lessons mm-hmm. are taught, not taught. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically means leading by example. Like, people around you are going to see what you're doing, and it, you could inspire one person. And then that person, you know, they might go out and inspire 10 people. And then, you know, it's just like this big trickle effect. Um, and I think people underestimate how much power you have um, being one person. You know, Erica, I know Ed very, very well. I know him very, very well for over 20 years. So if he is one of those individuals that you are – uh, allowing to sort of mentor you from afar, you cannot go wrong. Um, Ed is somebody who probably at some point this year will get him on the show. Dynamic guy, known him for a long time. And talk about a guy who was shy early on. He's no longer shy. Uh, and you are following very well in those footsteps as well. You're going to make a fantastic speaker. You're going to make a fantastic author one day, best-selling author one day. And your business is going to be a global sensation. I know that. And I hope you believe that as well. It's been awesome awesome having you on the show, Eric. I wish you all the best. And thanks for being on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you so much, Jay. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Hi, this is Jay Mamie. As a lifelong fitness enthusiast and professional bodybuilder, I know the importance of removing impurities and flushing out toxins to maintain a healthy colon and intestinal system. This is why I take and recommend Renew from First Fitness Nutrition. 
It also has helped me replenish my probiotics, which is necessary for a healthy gut. Learn more at healthyfriends.firstfitness.com. Hey everyone, this is Jay Mamie from the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I just want you to know that my book, my 10th book, is finally available. Thrivology, action-stoking and thought-provoking quotes and phrases, is now available for your purchasing pleasure. This book has already making tidal waves among those who appreciate content that is driven to give you a thrive-minded mentality and also reminders throughout the course of the week of the things you need to do to thrive. Guys, you can pick up my book, Thrivology, at the Jay jmamie.com Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show with your host Jay Mamie Welcome back everyone to the Jay Mamie Talk Show In studio today I'm excited about our Impact Spotlight You know folks I appreciate Impact Spotlight so much because it gives me an opportunity to highlight individuals that are making a difference in the lives of others. They are community builders. They have a heart for those that are in need. And in studio today, which I love having guests come to the station, Stacy Martin is the founder and CEO of Single Parent Advocate, and she's here to share her wonderful story. In fact, this segment is being sponsored by Huffines Auto Dealerships of Louisville, Texas, a major supporter of her organization. So we, we're thankful for Huffines being the uh, the sponsor of this particular episode, and we're happy to have Stacy Martin in studio. Stacy, welcome to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Thank you, Jay. I'm super excited to be here. Well, this is awesome to have people in studio. Sometimes we do remote uh, interviews, but having that energy and the vibe of people in studio makes a big difference. Before we dive into all the goodness of you, your history, the organization, I know that Huffines plays a major part as being a partner and a supporter of your organization. How was that relationship? How did it develop and how uh, involved are they in supporting your organization? Well, Jay, it all started with 100 backpacks Mm. back in, I don't know, maybe 2014, 2015. Mm -hmm. um, Single Parent Advocates have been founded here in the Dallas area since 2009. And um, anyway, I I could not find a place to bring all the families to pick up their backpacks. It was, uh, you know, kind of stressful. (laughs) And so um, there was a single mom in our community. She's really, really a wonderful lady working hard for her family. And Mm -hmm. uh, she reached out to Steve Bain at the Chevrolet Huffine Chevy dealership there in Louisville. And he said, well, you just bring those backpacks and families to us. And right there in the middle of the Huffines parking lot, a wonderful relationship began with not only our organization in Huffines, but I would say our families in Mm -hmm. Huffines. And so uh, Ray Huffines, Huffines and all of of the Huffines organization has been integral. Uh, Everything from gathering toys and school supplies to uh, coming on site and uh, delivering help and hope and healing to families. And then in addition to that, they're underwriting our golf tournament and fundraising efforts. And so it's just a, a wonderful organization and they're very inspirational and committed to the community. Well, they're a staple here in this part of town, right, in Texas, and that's wonderful that they're being uh, such a supportive entity to to Single Parent Advocate. But let's hear a little bit about your story, uh, Stacey, because it number one, it it's not the easiest thing to start a nonprofit, and then depending on the area that you focus on, it can make it even more difficult, right? So you decided to take on a challenging task, start a nonprofit, and I'm sure people are oftentimes interested in what inspires someone to do that. 
Well, I think uh, for me, uh, if I would go back into the very beginning, um, I had a really great job. I was an account executive selling airtime. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was my profession for uh, most of my career. I've spent working for TV stations or media rep firms. Mm -hmm. And um, 08, 09, there was a huge market contraction. I think most business people would remember and many, many. I remember. Many of us got laid off and Mm -hmm. I was one of them. At the time, I was a single mom with no mm. child support, and uh, my son was 10. Mm. And uh, not only did I get, um, you know, obviously afraid and concerned about, you know, our future, I kind of went through an identity crisis. <laughs> you know, like, who am I? You know, where where should I be? Am I doing uh, what all I can? And um, I was really inspired through tears, fears, and prayers, honestly, to not waste this moment that I had to bring to light what I was experiencing. And what I was experiencing was uh, reaching out to uh, the suitable system of aid and being denied, being denied because I had a house or I had a car or I uh, had previous income that year. And there there was a, a big gap and um it crushed me i mm. remember sitting in the parking lot in tears outside of some of of uh, my wonderful <laughs> organizations that uh really do meaningful work but there was a gap i fell through and it was it felt like double rejection mm. and uh through that time um i just had a burning in my heart and i can't describe it anything more than that that I don't want to waste this time. And I went to go found my ad agency because I felt like I was probably going to have to work for myself. Mm-hmm. And that same day I obeyed my spirit mm-hmm. and um, founded single parent advocate as well. Wow. You know, sometimes the, the greatest efforts uh, are derived because we go through personally, right? You'll always find not always, but a good portion of the time, what motivates someone to do something extraordinary is something that they went through, maybe a hardship, maybe a victory, or they're their own personal testimony as to why they did it. And obviously, that's for you, the reason why you launched it. And so here we are 14 years later, right? Yep. 14 years later. Let's talk about the impact that the organization has had for other women. Oh, absolutely. So Single Parent Advocates started out with 25 families. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we were, they were referred to us uh, from big brothers, big sisters, and they were families from their waiting list. And so these were families that were waiting for a big to come into the lives of their kids. And so there wasn't at that time a whole lot of, of programming that I knew about. Um, and I was generously offered the opportunity to serve these families. And so me and all of our volunteers provided school supplies, Christmas gifts, and Mother's Day presents, because at the time it was all moms there wasn't mm-hmm. any single dads mm-hmm. and uh we've grown from that that point to now serving i would say probably about uh 500 500 to 600 children of single parents mm. and then that ranges anywhere from 150 to 200 families at any given event we come alongside these families they're nominated by area churches schools other nonprofits or business associations and we uh, celebrate Mother's Day, Father's mm. Day, back to school, Thanksgiving and Christmas with them here locally. And then online, 
uh, we have a quite a big following on Facebook. We have about 16,000 people on Facebook and another 10,000 across Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and, and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And um, we correspond with families all over America okay. and sometimes internationally. So uh, of all the challenges you find um, that single parents face, right, what would you say are the top three that are the greatest challenges that they find themselves dealing with as single parents? Well, you know, usually a single family has gone through some sort of loss. It can be, you know, death, divorce, disease, decisions we make. It can be a disability that arises. Sometimes there's disasters that really knock a family on its knees. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if I were to speak for the single parent community, the biggest challenge they face is the they want the ability to raise their children in the best possible way and give them every chance in the world, you know, that they that they would succeed and live a happy, healthy, whole and hopeful life. Mm-hmm. But uh, what happens is that economy of scale, you know, a single income earning family really struggles to find employment that's flexible enough right. to support that household. Right. And so I think in North Texas, we have one in three kids being raised in a single parent home, one in four in the U.S. And the U.S. leads the world per capita Mm -hmm. with single parents. That's true. And so we have a mismatch between lifestyle and economic uh, abilities there, I think, a lot of times that, um, you know, it's kind of the elephant in the room. If I were to say number two, I would say isolation, uh, depression, Mm -hmm. you know, the really not feeling adequate, not feeling accepted. Um, There's a river that runs uh, beneath the surface about, you know, if you're a single parent family, somehow you're broken, you know, and and, and that spills over into the lives of the kids, you know, that feeling of being incomplete. Mm -hmm. Um, And my message is always that you're not broken just because you're a single parent family. You know, you don't have to see things that way. And then thirdly, I would say... um, you know, networking, fellowship, uh, community, community. Uh, you know, trying to have a tribe, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard when you're hurting to show up and lock arms and trust others, you know. And I know not every single mom or dad struggles financially. Sometimes it's emotionally, Correct. right? Correct. And so... Uh, Community, I would say, would be the third thing. You know, just trying to build a community that builds you up, that builds your kids up, that uh, you can do the same back toward, where you have that give and take, and it's uh, authentic and transparent and safe. You know, you mentioned uh, community, and that's exactly what I was thinking about as one of those challenges, because uh, from experience, I know that that sense of isolation um, you beat yourself up often and it's very difficult to resonate for someone else to, to, for you to feel like no one can resonate with you if they're not walking in your steps, right? So having that sense of community allows you to really realize there are others that are in the same uh, situation and they've made it, they're getting through and so can you. So above all, an organization like this, my opinion, the, the, one of the many values is the sense of community. You're not alone. That's right. You're not alone. You don't have to be. Correct. Correct. So 
Someone comes and I know they're nominated, right? You mentioned they have to be nominated. Yep. Right. What services do they receive once they're nominated? Well, like I mentioned earlier, uh, we come alongside parents and and their children, Mother's Mm -hmm. Day, Father's Day, back to school, Thanksgiving and Christmas with, um, you know, back to school supplies are, you know, their backpacks are completely packed. There's usually nothing else that we will let them need to buy except for maybe clothing or shoes. We, Mm -hmm. We haven't quite created a system for that yet. Okay. Um, and then at Christmas, we'll help the parents uh, provide gifts for their kids. But then we also provide the, the parents gifts because a lot of times, and this can be a gap that mm-hmm. you don't think about, the kids want to see their parents getting presents and being empowered and feeling the love. Right. And so a lot of times when you come beside a parent, you're coming beside their children and providing for that parent what their children want them to have. Mm. And that has been a big aha for me as I talk and build a relationship with a lot of the children in our communities. Uh, If you go to our podcast, you'll see um, there's a, a, young man named Jory who who comes on and talks about how he uh, was excited to see his mom getting the help that wow. she needed. And then in a couple of other interviews, I've had families, uh, Regina Frank speaks up and a couple of others about um, the, the perspective of their kids feeling this, like it's, it's a ball, like it's water on dry land. Yeah. And um, so that's been a really neat dynamic to um, warm my heart for nice, sure. Nice. Yeah. So in our last minute here, now two questions. How can my listening audience support you, support the organization? And you've got an event coming up. Yes. So um, March 20th, uh, we're having a golf tournament at Hackberry Creek Golf Course. Uh, it is uh, the celebration of National Single Parent Day. And how can someone register for that? You just go to singleparentadvocate.org, okay. hit the events tab. It'll be taking you straight to our registration. You can sponsor, donate a raffle prize, sign up to come play golf, and uh, we'll be having a great time. Well, we're going to have that information up at our site anyhow, so people can learn more about the uh, organization and, and the event. But specifically, how can someone donate uh, either their time or their, most importantly, their dollars to a uh, single parent advocate? Well, also at singleparentadvocate.org, we have a form, a volunteer tab where you can fill that out. And then we also have a donate page where you can donate and give a hand up to a single family. Awesome. Everything helps. Everything does help. Now, can they have monthly giving? Do you have opportunity for monthly givings? Absolutely. Great. All right. Very good. So we're going to have all the information up at our site so people can track the uh, the organization down. Uh, we're going to continue to keep our listeners up to speed on any events you have coming up. And uh, March 20th will be right around the corner. So hopefully our listeners will have an opportunity to get to that event, those that are local to the Dallas-Fort area. And uh, we appreciate you being on the show, Stacey. I appreciate you having me, Jay. Thanks a ton. Folks, that wraps up another fantastic week of Thrive-Minded Contact. We'll catch up with you next Sunday. Until then, keep thriving.